being the first episode on a Friday in a very, very long time, I'd like to thank everybody who's taking the time to listen to this and actually helping me play the part that I wanted to play as far as making it to another realm of my own thinking or another platform of my own thinking. And to be completely honest, it took getting passed out to be able to rise and do this podcast. And I do not take for granted that it may have moments of non-coherence. So bear with me. I do have a point at the end of the day. And now let's get to the show. It is the morning of the 9th of August 2019. Good morning and welcome to PBE Daily, the early morning Sunday night podcast. My name is Point Blank Ivovi. I'm eternally grateful to actually have the moment to actually make this podcast this morning. Uh, I had to take some very drastic measures <laughs> yesterday. I Okay, let me put it in a different way. I chose to take very, very drastic measures to be able to actually pass out because I know or I've come to learn that my mind does not pause when I would like it to. I've come to learn that my imagination does not have a leash on it and nor do I intend to give it a leash. But yesterday when I I rose from laying in bed and my mind still being very, very active, I put down notes for a storyline that I've been debating how to write. I put further notes in a different storyline which would like to have the underbelly of it carry a different theme than the trojan horse that is the main topic at the top and i'm glad i wrote that down uh i was able to actually be productive in the office and it's it's interesting when you try to see to what extent you can push your mind or you can push your physicality to know what your limits are and limitation is something that we we will constantly debate as far as our existence in humanity and we will always question to what extent do we commit ourselves to that which we love or to that which we hope to achieve if you will and the thing about it all is i figured the best way to go about it is just push yourself to the level where you can be at your utmost but without actually doing anything constructive during that and I'm the first to admit that because I chose to ride the wave which is my favorite uh, uh, the wave that I chose was a six pack again because that's my beer of choice and everything and I figured you know what go ahead and have these three liters of this particular brew and do nothing as in do not do any form of conventional work but allow your mind to swirl with this particular product in the comfort of your own home so that when you make it to the early morning if you do at all you will dissect that which you find or lack thereof and i chose to go with that and in the initial stages after i had my dinner and everything the first things i started to watch were philosophical videos and it was based upon the conversations a particular professor i think his name is a button or bottom i forget uh this dude was so hilarious and educative i had to take one of the three links i watched and share it on facebook mainly because he his description of committal relationships was something i had to take time to actually draw personal conclusions before i make any kind of 
recording of how I'm swirling the idea in my head because most of what is recorded on this podcast is born from me taking certain ideas that exist and swirling it in my head and after I swirl it in my head I spit out the few clues I've gotten thus far so if there's one dominant theme throughout this podcast it's I am learning as I go so when I was listening to that guy's conversation and what he was saying as far as his, uh, his philosophy talk on love, I chose to, as the art suggests, have a conversation with the man. Because early this week I mentioned that I got a movie from the net that I watched during my lunch hour period, which is a film dubbed Apocalypse Now. And it's the story of a Vietnam war veteran who's been given an assignment to go take out another vietnam war veteran but who has chosen active duty but in active rebellion against the government that sent him to the land and the reason i started watching this movie is because the themes of the character apparently or allegedly as far as one podcast that i watched or a video blog if you will mentioned they said his themes informed or influenced the character Thanos in the in Marvel cinematic universe in that the the actor Josh Brolin in his research and his in his journey to make this character come to life he watched one of watched that movie as one of the movies that he was watching in the ensemble preparing himself to be a villain and I give him props for actually taking the time to actually give the character care and give the character a heart because it's not often you have a cinematic character who can be tethered so aggressively to what he wants to do that he will do whatever it takes even if it hurts him to achieve his goals so i'll put it to you this way if you are not a fan of marvel films or superhero films or anything there is at least 20 or 21 plus movies you can binge on on a sunday afternoon i mean i say sunday afternoon i mean this it's probably what the one point in the day where we do not expect to do anything remotely related to or close to constructive work sunday afternoon is for when you want to be brain dead but you want to watch something or you want to be actively doing something so you probably wipe a surface or lay back and watch something passively so for lack of another period of time you'd actually take the time to watch that film or any of the films i strongly suggest get a sunday afternoon and if not a sunday afternoon a sunday morning and just have the material on loop in your background have it subconsciously sip into you because that's actually to a certain extent it's how i was able to watch a show like the wire the wire has i think if not five maybe four seasons it's a hbo series that actually talked about the city of baltimore and the drug trade that happened therein and the people who were conducting the drug trade and the officers who were trying to stop the drug trade from happening and initially when i was watching that show i was watching it at the corner of my eye i normally have a two a two monitor setup both at home and at work so i'd have the show playing on the side as i do my in-betweens so it's just material that's actually playing in my head and it took until the moments where i started being completely engrossed in the story that i paused 
and would watch the show only at lunch hour and in the evenings up until I finished the show. And I'll tell you this, the only show I've had a hard time doing that with is Breaking Bad, mainly because and the wife to the lead character, or should I say the love interest in the narrative, annoyed me to such an extent I couldn't watch the show. I tried to numb my senses, but I could not. I am willing to say I could not. And it's literally why I felt like how he was being broken, I couldn't make it past that. And maybe I should continue watching the show simply because I didn't like how the character was being broken in front of my eyes. But then, that's neither neither here nor there. But we shall see. I'm not one to completely tap out on certain things. I'll probably revisit that in the future. Now, back to the whole thing I was talking about a conversation with the man and the character Thanos so the movie Apocalypse Now we are, the others have gone into the film right now I haven't even met the villain yet that's not even a spoiler the movie came out in like the late 70s so it's been around long enough but I'll tell you this I've gone a significant amount of time into the film and I still haven't met the villain and it literally is informing even more my interest in what is happening in and I've always taken the time to ask myself if I was to sit down with a character say a villain from a film would I make sense of what they're trying to do or have they completely lost their minds and I want to put them in a box that is you're insane or I put them in the boxes they broke you and you chose to run with how broken you were these are the things that kind of inform most of the villains who I found intriguing in both film and uh, storybooks. When you see a person who they could have been unbothered with certain things, but then they decide, okay, this is how the world looks and this is how the world views itself. I shall prep myself to do whatever needs to be done. So I think the the one thing that stood out about say the man that is Thanos the man from Titan is he weighed every option that existed he didn't snap pun intended he weighed every option he had he was measured about every option he had and he took the action that made complete sense to him And by that I mean he weighed every option that could have possibly been put before him and after all those conclusions which he had already gone through pros and cons, did the list, did the checklist and everything, after the fact he chose to do what he did. And spoilers ahead, the character Thanos in the Infinity War movie is very measured very very measured I mean I can literally pinpoint the exact period where I feel like he pushed himself past his own limits but he was measured the entire time and I think why this purple man is so fascinating is because to have that degree of self-awareness for over three hours of footage (laughs) is discomforting to say the least because you look at it and you're like ah 
I don't think it's okay for you to be this cool about everything you say. I mean, everyone is yelling in your direction and you're speaking in monotone the entire time. That means something. When I look at what he did in that film, I try use that character's breakdown of things in my own personal existence. I mean, another film that's actually popped in my head right now is the film uh, Secret Window, which is the story of an author who is haunted by the idea of this man who claims he stole his story. And because of that, it just is a, it's a journey of a man's insecurities and how he tries to conquer his insecurities. It's the, I think it's the same theme with uh, the Daredevil series uh, season 3 villain which was the kingpin and bullseye and we constantly will question ourselves as far as our contentment or proximity to contentment and I earlier hinted about this idea of this philosopher who I watched on YouTube and I probably liked him because he kind of helped me justify that which I believe in my own personal head and Yes, by the time I ended yesterday evening, I was starting to delve into the idea of villainy and the villain, if he makes sense or not. This is what I've chosen to make some of the conclusions of what I've learned in these pieces of entertainment, right? Uh, It's one thing for a villain to not be sure what he wants to achieve. So if a person in his team gets killed or gets hurt, he will shift his uh, attention towards his win to have an emotional uh, breaking point. Now, because his emotional breaking points, as far as Thanos is concerned, didn't matter anymore, it changes things. I'll use another film as a reference. Uh, A film called Usual Suspects has always been put in the top 10 or top 50 or top 100 films ever created period and again spoilers ahead this movie came out i think in the late 90s or the early 2000s so there's whole adults who've just gotten their ids who've watched this film and i guarantee you as much as it sounds like a spoiler watching it would inform even more than you possibly could imagine uh there's a character in the film called kaiser soze and kaiser soze is tested by a a rival group or a rival conglomerate if you will they take his wife and children his pregnant wife and children hostage and Kaiser Soze gets home and he finds his family on I think it was knife point and gunpoint and his wife is clearly a tortured soul because she was raped and taken advantage of and what she chooses to do is take her own life or I haven't watched it in a while so I'll go with I think she took her own life she probably was murdered by Kaiser Soze he murdered his wife he murdered his kids he murdered the villains who were holding them hostage but kept one alive and the message the person he kept alive had was this you are alive to witness to the fact that I am not afraid to lose everything because you've chosen to push things to this extreme you are alive to pass the message to that who sent you i have now lost everything i have nothing to live for therefore i am coming for you 
I have chosen you to be that which is the vessel I point my energy. I'll move away from that show and use another show as a reference. Richard III, the play by Shakespeare, and Shakespeare is probably one of the few people who I'd hint at as far as entertainment is concerned to speak on the themes that are uh, being civil in war. Sorry, I was taking time to actually put my phone on uh, silent because I just had a message coming and I apologize for that. Now, the character who I lead to as far as the next extreme or the new extreme in the learning of self and being content with that which is the, the, the existence that you have is uh, Richard III and Richard III he could not function at peacetime he thrived during war because you get to live this vulgar and aggressive existence in war and because of that you will try anything and everything to maintain war or to continue persisting towards war it's why his speech how should I say monologue now is the winter of our discontent my glorious summer and I've said it before on this podcast and I think it's because all these villain characters in my period as a teenager and an adult have made sense and I think that's something wrong with that there's something supremely wrong with that because things are bad when you can look at a villain in a film and everything the character does you go I get it. I probably would have gone there myself, but since I'm not up to chicken to do that, uh, yeah, I get it. My potential for villainy is actually stifled because I know karma exists and I am not about to push her buttons. I will push the buttons of certain things in my existence solely so I can be told a stern yes or a stern no. It lives in that existence in that realm because of the fact that clearly drawn lines is the only way i can make sense of everything which is the sanity or insanity of everybody else walking this path of life that we exist in and with the same energy present i think the the reason why i differ to certain people as far as being able to have relationships with them is because it's the back and forth that informs if I am beginning to fall for someone or not. And by that I mean if a person gives me a certain degree of curiosity where I can pause and be in awe of them, I want more of their mind than anything else. Because humanity is a sexual existence and we're constantly lustful driven but if not only can I lust for you but I'll be curious of your mind I will react in one of two ways either I'll fight my urge to want to be with you or I will try to be with you and let myself be completely flooded with the emotion of passion that I have towards you until I actually speak on it and will accept whatever results come of me speaking out my affections but however I deal with it I will have gone through enough of a conversation with myself 
to talk me out of wanting to exist in the same sphere as you and upon whichever conclusion I've made you will know if you have a relationship or not I mean I, I, I even started vetting the existence of relationship in my life and I I would like you to know that I have been in a total of three relationships I thought there were four but it's three and how it ended up being a relationship and this is like a conversation with the man that, that is me and the villainy that I probably see within myself um, they surpassed the idea of being a hot human being and because they surpassed the idea of being a hot human being I chose to know more by choosing to know more I dove deeper into their existence and my perception of their existence what they consider flaws and how those didn't register in me until they were brought out maybe during an argument yet again I didn't know they existed anymore or I didn't care that they existed in the first place I love way too hard and it's when I was having a chat with a friend yesterday that when I was told that actually the day before yesterday so pardon me and I was told I date towards monogamy it literally informed the man I tap out from any other conversation I'm having with anybody else based upon one of three things thing number one am I the only one instigating conversation thing number two am I bettered every time I converse with this person thing number three have they granted me every chance to escape or to run away and I haven't taken it if in all these things what I'm receiving is the answer yes I will make every any and every effort and endeavor towards being a relationship with this person but here comes the problem as far as my understanding goes and this is how we draw back to the philosopher and uh the, the speech that I watched from Mr. A Button on YouTube. Relationships have suffered because of the romanticism of the 1800s. And in passing, he mentioned this. I don't know if I'm actually able to properly draw conclusions, but I think I watched it once, so I'm going with what I heard from the first time. Bear with me, it may be all over the place. Now, what he mentioned was in the 1800s, the romanticism and the romanticizing of existence and, and love and relationship and marriage. Most of the people who actually did that were idle. State of living seems fairly enough okay and since you are able to have walks in the park and just exist, these people were able to have time to actually put that, these thinking and musings on paper and because they took their thinking and musings and put them on paper the, it became the theme of love and the theme of existence and the theme of life and prior to that he said the, the philosopher that is he said the purest form of understanding towards love was when the Greeks existed because the Greeks would in paraphrasing and as far as my understanding of what Mr. Button was saying um, the Greeks would vet compatibility based upon for lack of a better use of words how far does your insanity exist that I can be in that realm and not be self-destructive we match insanities 
with uh, relationships. We hold back quite an amount of what we are as far as human beings and being sapient to better inform to what extent we want to be around or caring enough about these persons who exist in our lives. And my problem in relationships is I vet everything that would potentially lead to resentment within a relationship because as I'm learning in relationships are whatever conversations you could have or um, existences you could have not only in love or otherwise that could make it to the breaking point where you're being told things about yourself which you do not want to hear and you don't want to be told however you being told these things better informs how you reform your existence around people because not every one of us or all of us in general should not know every kink and cranny or every bump in our existence to the next person but can we tolerate in enough of our insecurities and enough of our existence to find a way where we can make it past 24 hours without telling ourselves okay it's another day I have to deal with this person uh, deep breath let's go further can I make it past that can I make it into a day where if I'm having a chat with you that is peaceful and I go too far as far as being angry and you can tell me calm down I'm not trying to agitate you but we're doing this but if the reaction is going to be we're living in the honeymoon phase where nothing can go wrong nothing can be an argument and all that the honeymoon phase has been I think the extent to every relationship I've had when things became real or the things became more visible to both parties it's when most relationships I've had have fallen short because um, my first relationship pushed me to breaking point and I had to break my existence to be able to go any further because I will gladly sacrifice everything for a relationship and it only goes sideways when it always goes sideways actually when I realize some of those sacrifices should not be made I push myself and I judge myself very very harshly as it is and when a person says they don't want certain things in my life and I've already reached a point where I personally say I love this person that thing she doesn't want will be gotten rid of and to be cornered off to being in my own existence and to have yourself pushed to breaking point is I think where things go sideways it leads back to the idea of the research I mean I'm sure the character Thanos was pushed to breaking point the character in Apocalypse Now which is a film I haven't finished yet but based upon the review that I heard he probably was pushed to breaking point but from what I'm, I'm seeing in the film so far is I'm changing my stances as we go uh, to what I'm speaking on as far as relationships are concerned I, if I have no rebuttal and I'm not allowed a rebuttal in conversation then probably that which I think is relationship is flawed and to reach a level where we can exist knowing each other's insecurities, imperfections and uncertainties and we're able to go day by day where I'm excited to know that I get to talk with this person is probably what has informed my idea of relationship and the journeys I'd like to take and it sucks to admit that past a great fight I haven't had a relationship thereafter 
uh, also it just better informs that my insecurities and imperfections took center stage because I'll, I'll defend myself more aggressively than, I would, than I'll do anything else and one of the people I work with in the office who's actually one of the guys who cleans up the animation work I do in the office he told me I need to bring my walls down and my first response was knee jerk and it <laughs> I think of it now and I say that maybe I, I pushed it too far but knee, my knee jerk reaction was I'm not trimming those hedges just yet because the past the concrete fence you see and the electrical part of the fence you see there's a live fence that continues thereafter but if I let a person past those walls I do hope they'll keep the grass green so I'd much rather a person who in every day of interaction during their painful times and during their happy times if they let me be able to exist in their existence because I think relationships to me have been a trading of energies and a trading of strengthening of these energies and to be told earlier this week that my definition of relationship is triggered towards or geared towards monogamy it made me happy because it I know myself to not want to share the energies that pass as far as passions physicality and love to more than one person I'm, I'm not built that way I'm built to slowly pause any other conversation I'm having with any anybody else to just having every form of conversation I possibly can with one person I mean granted that things about me they will not let me be able to be free about but if those things are things I can willingly let go of then I can be beholden and be loving to this person and I will defend them to the hilt if I have to but what I hope for in relationships and this returns to how I vet how far I, or how close I go past like is am I able to knee jerk defend you protect you care for you without having you have to ask me to defend you and if it reaches a level where every time I have to be in the defensive about you it's not because you told me to defend you but it's because I have chosen to willingly obligate myself to that and again even what I'm speaking right now is informed from romanticism from the 1800s my understanding of relationship and love and everything else is born from the 1800s and I think I've always had a love-hate relationship with the romanticism period and I think it's the same kind of love-hate relationship I've had with the founders of religion because you had enough time to go into the wilderness and do nothing before framing an entire theology you were you were free enough to go into the wilderness back cast the wind and everything draw your conclusion then come back you were able to do this knowing you had to be productive and industrialist in the people you left behind okay basically what i'm trying i'm trying to say is this let me use one conduit and i'm not attacking the religion i'm just making trying to make sense of what i've said a few seconds ago jesus christ had the time to leave his mom who had no form of income as far as we know 
his pap was a carpenter so i'm sure having two carpenters to make up a, a dining room set would have been more helpful than having one carpenter do everything this guy had the time to dip for 40 days and 40 nights and find himself because him physically being present wasn't enough he had to go find himself and then he came back with a whole theology of who he's supposed to be but then again he's the son of man and he's the son of god and he's part of the holy trinity but that's neither here nor there now let's move away from that character buddhism the initial buddha also left found his theology returned from his hilltops or whatever with a frame of mind The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, did the same. But of all the people I've spoken of, I think Muhammad and Buddha are the only two people who actually just solo came with a way to push the agenda forward. What makes the character Jesus Christ different from them, should if he existed at all, is he sought allies to pass his message. He didn't keep it to himself and he didn't choose to just be the only person who spoke on it or wrote on it one thing that sets apart Muhammad uh, peace be upon him uh, and Buddha is they wrote their musings and their conclusions they drew the Jesus Christ character had it written for him he never picked the pen up he never signed or vetted or judged he never read the fine print the most ill-informed of his conclusions of the characters I've spoken on is Jesus Christ because he didn't write none of it. He drew his own personal conclusions and he went further based upon that. As you can tell, these are discoveries I'm making as we go. Long story short, a self-vetting is the best way forward to better inform, if not greater create, that which is to be done. I'm yet to find uh, a balance within myself where I can actually reach a level where I'm able to love, be loved, and allow love into my existence. And I will say this, very few have been able to bring, make me bring my guard down, but the last two months have been spent with me letting my own guard down to myself. And the problem with me letting my guard down to myself is I've punched myself every time I came out. I give myself these amazingly epic goals and my version of going to the hilltops or disappearing for 40 days and 40 nights is to not push myself when I feel broken and if I'm going to push myself I'm going to push myself to be unconscious of it and I think again a button the philosopher who I watched yesterday evening better informed this he he described addiction as an escape from self in that it's not the product that you're taking to actually have you high or to actually have you in a haze it's the fact that you chose a specific of the many different products that would be self-destructive you've chosen destruction to run away from what your obligations are and the addiction is to the escape it's not the product in the escape it's to the wanting to run away the fight or flight mode and when you choose flight mode above all else that is addiction it's not what you take when you are there but it's the fact that you want to go there and you consciously choose to do that or subconsciously choose to do that but 
I mean, I even started watching the show The Boys and the way, even based upon just looking at the pilot episode as far as I've gone, uh, the way they've described the character who's supposed to be our Trojan horse further into this realm of uh, superheroes with a marketing company behind them. Uh, reluctance to taking action is how we're able to live our lives and thank god for laws because because laws exist we don't have to be as aggressive as we would hope to be in barbarian existences i probably would have been dead by now because if a person wanted something that i have and all all, all value that i have to them is the fact that i'm able to make it i'd probably be in servitude way faster or and after being in servitude i would break and i'd take things to the next level and destroy that person and become a benevolent leader i I dumb myself down to keep myself from being insane. Again, better informs why I made the visual I made for this episode. Uh, <laughs> neither here nor there. <laughs> um, with that being said, I'll say this. I'll probably revisit this particular type of topic in the future. I'm supremely grateful for the guys who've been listening to the podcast on different platforms. Thank you so much pushing the numbers to i can't believe i'm actually saying this something that I actually started by just recording on my phone to be on 630 plays plus on different platforms i am supremely and eternally grateful i'm grateful that you let me disappear and return i'm grateful that because you're discovering me late you can binge on that which i create i'm grateful for the fact that a platform was made where all my musings and reactions can be put coherently towards somebody else listening to it as a break from the bees in their own head and i'm grateful to you because you've chosen to give me this much time of your life in conversation and i'm grateful for the fact that some of the people who actually listen to the podcast and have my contacts have been reaching out to me and having conversations with me because it's good to know i'm not the only person suffering from insomnia from time to time but today let's say i'm well rested i don't have much of a headache and I'm, i think i'm gonna thoroughly enjoy the first coherent friday in a very very long time say it with me be caesar or be nothing at all god bless and until the next time i make a recording uno